Dazzy Piper, we're live. We are. We are live, mate. It's been a long time coming, this, so uh, thank you for the opportunity. Yeah, round two. Yes, round two. Round two, for sure. Practice makes perfect. Yeah, that's right. We're just talking about you're getting some sleep, or you're not getting some sleep, you just had a little one. Did I did, yeah. Lucky enough to uh, have a beautiful little daughter, uh, our first child, Remy Ann Piper, who was born on the 8th of September. So, mate, it's been nice to have some time off and, uh, yeah, trying to find that group at the sleep side of things. But mate, super exciting time. It honestly is. It's pure, pure, pure joy, nothing else. Yeah, this has been a long time coming. I'm, uh, I'm surprised we haven't jumped on earlier, but I'm excited to peel back your journey because you've, you've done a lot, you've achieved a lot, and Universal is becoming a you know, nationwide name. So I just wanted to start back last FY, you guys did what, like 260 mil in, in sales? We did, yeah. So purchases, yeah, 263 million, which made up 262 purchases. So pretty much a million dollars as an average price point across the business. But um, yeah, that was a massive financial year for us. So obviously looking to top that this financial year. That's unreal. And how, how large is the team at the moment? So literally as of last week, I've just recruited someone for the Gold Coast. So that takes us to 16, technically 14 in Queensland, so to speak, and then two in Sydney. So the Sydney team will build out to likely maybe five before Christmas or around then. But obviously, like any, it's about the right people, not the quantity side of things. But um, 16 in total at the moment as a whole. Yeah, that's unreal. And, I, you know, I've done obviously work with your team and, I mean, your culture, I, I feel, is is first class. You've got a really good group of people who, I guess, all singing the same tune and very collaborative. I mean, you're growing a company, you're an entrepreneur. Like, how have you been able to get your culture to become the way it is? I think it's an, it's an interesting point that you bring up, mate. Like, I... I remember you saying to me maybe three years ago when we were dealing with each other in a, in a sort of a different coaching capacity at that point that the culture is everything and it probably never really sunk in. It's probably at the top of my list now, I think, when recruiting. I mean, skill set is obviously one thing, but you can have someone that's a fantastic operator, but if they're not going to be a fit within the broader business and there's going to be issues there in one way or another, I think it's got a short runway. So look, culture is at the top of the list. How do we sort of focus on that? I think it's about recruiting like-minded people and driving a goal that everyone can sort of have transparency on across the board. We do a lot of stuff outside of work as well, mate. Every quarter, we're doing a company event, whether it's a big lunch or a winery tour or whatever it may be, golf days, etc. So we're big on, I guess, trying to find balance where we can outside of work. It's a bit of a work hard, play hard mentality here. And mate, it works. It just works. It really does. There's no egos, no massive personalities in the business everyone is super like-minded and it, yeah it, it works extremely well yeah it definitely feels that way when um i guess you meet the team so let's talk about recruitment i mean your recruitment strategy i, I feel is different to most people who are in real estate who are growing their company i mean f- from what i understand you have never used a recruiter to grow that team is that right yeah, that's right, mate. So I've never, I haven't paid a recruiter once for Universal to sort of get us to where we are. And that's not to discredit recruiters in any way, shape or form. I just, the bulk, I would say 80% of the people in the business have come to approach the company to work with us with the other sort of 20 or maybe 30%. I'll probably headhunter or reached out to. So yeah, it's it's I guess we're trying to build that attraction business, not only from a client point of view, but from a recruitment point of view and culture and you know, pushing the culture out to the public to show sort of who we are, you know, what we're about. I think that plays a huge part in the recruitment process and strategy as a whole. And yeah, it works extremely well. So I, I'm assuming like obviously people are clearly following your brand and obviously resonating with your brand because for you to go out to the market 
and just attract this level of talent. You know, like typically, you know, I'd say organizations that are well respected are known as, you know, a good place to work, you know, high performing companies, they typically are able to like bring this talent inbound. So are you just getting people just literally just dialing in to you guys and saying like, hey, I want to work with you? That, I, I probably noticed a shift with that six to 12 months ago. You know, we really upped the social side of things. We got pretty bullish with a couple of different marketing or sort of advertising strategies that really pushed the brand a bit harder. And every time we're trying to get the message out, I mean, the transactional side of things is important for obvious reasons, but we really want to push the fact that, like you look at what I'm wearing at the moment, we don't wear suits, mate. We're not your typical real estate agents or we don't want to be labeled as real estate agents. So it's a bit more of a laid back, not only approach, but I guess perception to the marketplace. And that's how we've always done things. And I think it's because of that, that people want to work here because it breaks the, the stereotype or the stigma or the status quo, whatever label you want to put on it with what real estate can be like as a whole. So we just take a different approach in a couple of different ways. Yeah, it's great. It's good that you guys are, um, I guess, mixing it up to bring in really high quality talent. So another question for you is your background was on the sell side. Um, when did you launch Universal? So I got into real estate. Uh, I was working in, I'd done a heap of different things, worked with the family business, used to go to China all the time to do buying. So I'd sort of been in the business space for a little while, but very much dipped toe in it. And then I went to work in the mines for a short period of time, but essentially got into real estate in 2014 in a sales capacity. I worked in New Farm, Tenerife, sort of inner city blue chip suburb here in Brisbane. Did that for around two years, it was and then launched Universal in 2016. So October this year will be six years old. Mate, that's unreal. It's so good. So why did you move on from the sell side? Because you obviously, you, I guess you had a vision and you saw something that I, I would assume a lot of others didn't at that time. Um, what specific? Look, it's an interesting question. For me, it was probably a couple of different things. One being, I didn't dislike the selling space, but I just it was it was harder to stand out in a, especially in the marketplace that I was transacting in extremely extremely difficult and time in market played a huge partner. So I sort of looked at it from one point of view and went, well, I can I can go as hard as I can and this will pay dividends, but it's probably two, three, four year commitment given the competition there to attack the housing side of things, which is what I wanted to do. I'd cross paths with a couple of different buyers agents as a selling agent. And once I sort of knew of the concept and sort of dived into it a bit deeper, it just literally sparked my interest. I secret shopped all the competitors when I was a selling agent as a buyer to understand the space a little bit more. And then I actually ended up going on a, uh, a holiday to Vietnam for two and a half weeks or something with, uh, with Beck, my now wife. And it just gave me a really clear vision and sort of, I guess, just a clear headspace of what I wanted to do moving forward. And I, mate, I just went all in on it. I literally... The the day I arrived back in Brisbane was the day I quit selling and then launched Universal. I didn't go to work for a competitor to, I guess, learn the ropes and go and do my own thing. I just threw myself straight at it. And that was, that was six years ago and here we are. So I think it's part of the... I guess the thing that excites me with the, the, the buyer's agent space within the real estate sector is it's only going to get bigger. The sales space is ex- extremely saturated, right? Um, not only is it saturated, it's more competitive. I think it's also... There's so much stigma attached to it for a couple of different reasons. I wanted to do something different and sort of pave my own way, if that makes sense, and have more flexibility and, I guess, be proud of something that I've built, which I extremely uh, am today. So, yeah, just decided to move into it, work for myself, competition, and knowing that it was only going to get bigger, it wasn't going to go sideways. And I think back then, and you'd be able to probably correct me on this if I'm wrong, but 2016, my understanding was maybe 400 in the country, give or take. My understanding now is give or take four or 5,000, you know. So it's getting it's getting bigger, but... Oh, yeah, it's exciting. And I think the scope in which you can 
generate business and sort of build your business and your brand and the variety you, that you get on the buy side 10 times greater than the sales side. And I speak from that from, from experience myself. So what have you seen in the industry? Like you've obviously, in terms of change from when you started UBA and where we are today, like are you noticing that real estate agents are more open? Are you noticing just the general buyers more open? Like have you, have you seen it change significantly? Massive. And I noticed that shift probably both with agents and and buyers, give or take, probably two years ago, I probably noticed the biggest shift. You know, I remember when I, I first started, I'd call agents and I'd say, hi, John, I've got a client for 23 Smith Street. And they'd be like, oh, I'm not sharing my commission. I'm not sharing my commission. Like they just weren't educated or aware enough of what buyers agents did or do. That's drastically changed now. It's actually flipped on its head, if anything. Like we get calls all the time, literally daily from agents. We've just signed this new listing. Who have you got? So that's done a 180. The buyer side of things is probably more so the same. Trying to, you know, pitching the business in 2016 is very different to pitching it today for a couple of different reasons, just because the awareness is there now or as a whole it is. And that's the part that excites me because that's only going to build on both sides. Yeah, it's interesting because it feels like Brisbane was definitely landed later than Sydney and Melbourne, just with from a real estate agent front and a general buyer front in terms of understanding the for buyers agents. But it seems like now across all Southeast Queensland, like it's it's quite prevalent, eh? Yeah, for sure, mate. What I've seen, I guess, just in relation to the Queensland market as a general comment is, and I'm, I'm assuming this is probably somewhat the same across the board, but yeah, look, I mean, given that we've gone from sort of X amount of buyers agents to Y, whatever that exact number looks like these days, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people or, or agents, so to speak, will come from very broad backgrounds a lot, 99% of them, to my understanding, no real estate experience, go get their license and become a buyer's agent as an independent. Whereas on the sales side, you typically go get your license and, again, typically you'll go work for a Ray White, Hookers, McGrath, whoever it may be, like one of the juggernauts. Because we don't quite have that big business yet on the buyer's agent side, a lot of people are just going to do do their own thing, which, you know, a lot of, I know a lot of my competitors aren't, so I've heard, aren't, you know, huge fans of that because, Their view is that, you know, there's all these green people entering the space and it's tarnishing the name of different buyers, agents that are established. Who cares? Like that everyone has to start somewhere, whether it's for someone or, you know, or for yourself. And the reality is the competition's always coming like any sector. I say bring it on because it brings more awareness and education of what we do. You've just got to be better than the next person. That's the short of it, you know. And yeah, there's there's two sides to that argument, I guess, that there's you can go work for for someone who's established and you can be under shit leadership and bad training and bad habits and you can actually turn out a lot worse um, or on the or you can work for someone and then it just takes so long to climb up that ladder that you don't really progress your career. And then on the flip side, what you said is true, like you can start out there really green and maybe make too many mistakes and when you should really be working for someone. So, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's kind of a hard one to kind of manage correctly, right? Yeah, it is. Look, and the reality is there's pros and cons to both. Like I, 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 as I said before, like I jumped into it myself. I didn't go and work for someone, you know, and, you know, the, the reasons back then were probably different to today because there's more established businesses around today. There was a few back then. Um, obviously, Cohen Handler was one of them and a couple of others, but that's just probably my personality too. I just chose to throw myself at it. And that's probably how I've always done things in my, uh, you know, throughout my career. So, but there's a lot of opportunity out there. Just soak it up, you know, do the right thing. And I heard a saying years ago in real estate, to be good in real estate, just don't be shit. And it's true. Like it's not a hard, it's not a hard game really, is it? It's repetition of the basics and activity equals results. Like it's just as cliche as that sounds. I think a lot of people get caught up in doing this or doing that or whatever it may be. Like there's no magic dust. It's fucking hard work. It's literally it. 
Mm, I agree. And I'm like you, I, I jumped in straight away as well. Like in 09, there was, like, there was really no buyer's agents and I just jumped in the deep end and I'd never run a business or anything. So I guess it just depends on the personality. But you're right, like with real estate, like we're not shooting rockets to Mars. Like you're right, like it's all about the discipline and the diligence and the hard, consistent, resilient effort that you put in. And I, it yields returns, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And I think, you know, like any business or any sector, you've got to play the long game. Real estate, whether you're on the sell side or the buy side, play the long game. Like it's all about relationships. You know, like, yeah, you can spend some money on marketing and this and that. It's sort of the, it's the dopamine sort of short hit, if that makes sense. But, you know, to build a sustainable business, your reputation is everything. Your brand is everything, obviously, in the marketplace and perception of that company as well. So you just, you've got to play the long game, I think, in every aspect. You really do. It's so true. So obviously with your expansion into the Gold Coast, you've also gone into Sydney, right? Yes. Yeah. So we launched in Sydney a couple of months ago. There's two down there for the Universal team as such, but that's from a growth point of view. Yeah. Sydney's probably at the top of the list. It really is. I think the opportunity for, for Universal as a whole is massive down there to leverage off what we've done up here in Southeast Queensland and just literally rinse and repeat, pick it up, replicate it and do the same thing down there. So that's the plan for sure. The Gold Coast, you know, the, out of the 14 that are in Queensland as such, the bulk of that 90% are in, in Brisbane. I've got a team member, Carlene, up at the Sunshine Coast who handles everything up there. The Gold Coast, we haven't had someone to date. I used to personally do a fair bit of business down there, but a couple of years ago when we really started scaling and growing, it's just one of those ones that I pulled back on because it wasn't my best use of time logistically. We found and have recruited a lady by the name of Sarah Treen who starts with us, which is super exciting. She's like, she's going to absolutely crush it down there. So it's a super exciting hire, but that allows us to cover Brisbane, Gold Coast, Sunshine Coast, and then obviously Sydney. Yeah, it's unreal. And have you got your eyes on any other international territories? Yes, but it's probably an early New Year play. Watch this space is probably what I'd say, but nothing nothing in the short term, mate. Look, I'm very mindful of spreading myself too thin and obviously creating too much pressure on those that were, you know, not only within the business, but obviously very close to me. I'm fortunate enough to have an, you know, literally a world-class team. And I say that hand on heart. I'm not saying it because they're probably going to listen to this. So it allows me to free up and do other things, but it's a quality over quantity game from my point of view. It really is. Like we have the capacity at the moment within Brisbane to probably go to 20, 25 people, but I'd rather a smaller team of big riders than, you know, a larger team of subpar riders or, or, or smaller riders. It just, that that's not the model that we want. It really isn't. Well, you've seemed to definitely, I think, nail that quality versus quantity. I mean, just obviously within your respective team, Team Piper, obviously um, Team Clark in Brisbane, seems like you've dialed in that really super high production within those buyer's agent business units, right? Yeah, for sure. You know, a lot of that comes off, you know, the training from yourself, which are extremely fortunate to get your time and a couple of other things. Like it's just really like we, you know, we've got obviously yourself training. We've got some personal coaching layers to the business. I've got one-on-ones with everyone in the business every fortnight. So there's a huge emphasis on internal growth structure and obviously just really understanding what can take that next individual to the next level, irregardless if they're support staff or a buyer's agent. And that's just how I've always done things. I think the other thing too is you've got to reward the right people. I think whether it's real estate or not, I just think too many business owners, are, to put it quite frank, tight asses and they don't look after their staff. And you see... Real estate's terrible for turning staff and team members. Our retention rate is like extremely, extremely, really is. So, you know, we obviously want to keep that uh, in place and that comes off everything we do internally, the culture, the support and making them feel wanted because they are. You know, you said to me years ago that, you know, the people you hire will determine the company you build. And it's so true. 
It's so, so fucking true. And that's why we do the business that we do, I think. It's unreal. How would you describe your leadership style? It's an interesting question, actually. Probably depends on the situation or the scenario. But as a whole, I would say probably open. I think I'm very, very transparent. Probably sometimes too much, but that's just how I like to do things. I want everyone to feel involved and it's certainly not a a me and them scenario. Like I don't picture myself as the boss or the director or anything like that. It's just we work collectively as a whole. And that's literally how we've done things since day one. But probably firm but fair is probably another way I'd put it as well. I think you can get a message across to your staff and point them and steer them in the right direction to make them feel comfortable and confident in what they're about to execute on without coming across too harsh. And I think when there's a lot of different layers to your business and people get stressed and they shoot from the hip, that's when cracks start to appear. And that's just not how we do things. You know, like everyone in here, as I said before, is of a uh, a very similar sort of or similarish type of background, they're like-minded. So we don't really have any of those issues or have to have any of those awkward you know, conversations. We really don't, so we're extremely fortunate. Do you think that openness that you bring to the table for the group has been instrumental to the culture that you've built? I think so. I'd like to think so. I compare it to companies that I've worked for in the past and it's very much, okay, well, what's the company? I was asking myself these questions anyway, like what's the company direction? I've only been told 20% of that task or this and that. Like everything is on the table with me. It really is. I also, I think it filters down in a couple of different ways. But as you know, but people listening to this probably won't, you know, in recent times, you know, the last sort of six to 12 months, talking about rewarding people, I've decided to partner with people on a few projects as well. I think, you know, you see a lot of principals or directors or owners or whatever you want to call them, you know, they take too much on, they want to do everything everything themselves and it's a bit of the greed factor. They spread themselves too thin and then the staff that are actually there helping them get to that common goal, get the shits and leave. I've decided to probably pull it back a notch, not focus on the money as much and partner and actually enjoy the ride with people. So Universal New South Wales is actually owned by myself and Simon Clark. Universal Rentals that we've just launched, I've partnered with Emma Flatley. So Emma Flatley is a co-agent of mine, has been with me for a number of years now. They're both world-class operators. They really are. Uh, They bring a lot to the business, not only from a leadership point of view, transactional point of view. I get a lot out of the relationships with both of them personally and professionally. So I value that. And that's why I decided to partner with both of them on those two projects. And it's enjoyable to sort of build a business that succeeds, but I think it's more enjoyable to share the fruit to the label with someone too. And that, that's just my view on it. That's amazing. I think it's great to be able to partner up with team members and ideate with them and create new ventures and projects and them to participate in, in the success path of it. I think it's unreal. And um, I guess it just also paves a path for the others in the company who who are sitting there who might want to get involved in projects to start you know, thinking differently and proposing ideas to you. Yeah. For sure, you know, and I think it, it comes back to what I just mentioned that it's a bit of a well, not a bit, it's very much an open door policy within the business, which you know it can be a good and a bad thing. It can be a distraction sometimes if it's too open door, but you want to build a culture that's not only an attraction business from the outside in, but internally make sure that everyone feels like they've got a say because they do because they work within the company. Like you couldn't do the numbers that you do without the broader team. Like you just can't do it yourself. It's just the black and white of it. So you can't close the door on those people and look at that relationship. From a transactional point of view, I think that there's a fine line and a balance in between. I think we've hit it. I really do. Interesting. So um, with the current team that you've got, the 16, I mean, I'm assuming like you've got a lot of diversity with with their backgrounds in terms of where they've come from with their careers, right? Yeah, absolutely, mate. So like my personal team, as an example, Emma Flatley, who I mentioned before, who do rentals with, co-agent of mine for Team Piper. Myself and Em are from a sales background as such. Samantha and Nicole were both associates and admin, so to speak, from hospitality backgrounds. 
I've got a gentleman in the office who comes from a landscaping background. Simon come from project marketing, essentially. A dental assistant. Oh, mate, it's, it's, su- it's such a mix. It really is. You know, and that's why coming back to your question earlier about the, the sort of growth and the hiring side of things, are they fit for culture, right? Are they trainable? And then I work through everything else. You know, if someone comes to me with a CV and they've written, you know, five, six, seven hundred thousand, you know, as an agent previously, like, yeah, hold some weight, but that's that's certainly not the, the big decision making part of it for me. It really is. I love that. So they're, they're like the two prerequisite criteria they've got to meet in order to kind of spark your interest, right? Are they fitting? Are they going to fit the culture, suit the values, and are they trainable, coachable? Yeah, for sure. Like I think it's you know probably culture at the top of the list. Second, are they trainable? And then third, how hungry are they? You know, how bad do they want it? what are they willing to put in? You know, I think if you, you you mix those three together, whether they've got no experience or a little bit, I think with the right coaching, mentorship, you know, internal support, the rest is history. And that, that's just what I've experienced within the business anyway. I think that third point you talked about around how how, how bad are they, how hungry are they? Because I, I agree with that. Like I was on a coaching call with someone last week and they were talking to me about someone they were looking to hire who was in the real estate. They were a selling agent. And I said, you know, there's selling agents who have been around for 25 years who are shit. There's real, there's lawyers, there's everyone in professions that have, just because they've been in an industry for 25 years, I mean, what does that really mean? And so I think that third point's really a big one. Like if someone wants it bad enough, like you obviously wanted it bad enough when you started UBA, I wanted it bad enough when I started Cohen Handler. Like you would have literally had to like run us over to, to not make, when you can find people who are that driven and focused mentally, they make it work, don't they? Absolutely, mate. Like I think work ethic is, it's a huge one, right? And it's, and I, I don't say that, like, I think where a lot of people probably not, not get it wrong, but it probably starts to muddy the waters a little bit. Like work ethic, I think is thrown around probably too loosely. I think it's about being productive, not busy. Like you can have great work ethic, which means you get in the office at seven, you leave at seven at night, but how productive have you been in between? When I started in real estate as a sales agent, there was a gentleman in the office who sold a lot of off-the-plan stock around inner city Brisbane. Like he was a bit of a go-to back in the day, or one of the sort of you know the big big hitters. In my first six months in real estate with no experience, I think I almost doubled what he wrote. Because as cliche as it sounds, hard work beats talent when talent doesn't. Like it's just the saying so true. It really is. And you know we really try to find those people and harness that within in the business here. Like the expectation isn't to get in at seven and leave at seven. That, that is certainly not the expectation. Some people do it from time to time. Some people don't, but it's a results-driven business real estate and you can't hide from the numbers. Yeah. You said something that's resonated just earlier around working smarter, not harder, what I was understanding. And I was on the, on the phone to one of my coaches before we did this um, podcast. And I was talking about like, I was asking a question, like I always think about how can you get an outcome in the shortest amount of time? Not about cutting quarters, but how can you put in the least amount of effort to get that outcome so you can have more time back to do other things versus, as you were saying, being busy, being busy, being busy with shit all output? It's interesting you say that. I clearly remember a conversation with um, Jeff Jow, who's a personal coach of mine. You obviously know very well. I actually was sort of loosely introduced to Jeff through yourself. A number of, oh, this is maybe at the start of the year, I was having a conversation with him about you know feeling like you're sort of somewhat going sideways as opposed to continuing to grow. It was really just coming off the back of feeling bogged down with a massive workload. And talking about working smarter, not harder, I mean, it sounds simple, but you just don't do it. And he said to me, over the course of two weeks, just write, have a notepad on your desk and write down every task you do, every single task. And at the end of the two weeks, let's look at it and see what you can outsource. Mate, I cut probably 30% out of it and it freed up so much more of my time. And now I just clearly look at things without trying to sound like a, a wanker. 
I just look at it and go, is that worth my time or can I outsource it? What's that task worth, right? And it just it just streamlines your business. You've got to value your own time, I think, in, in any business, especially in real estate, because it can be long hours. It can be you can get a lot of pushback and all the rest of it. But on the flip side, it can be extremely rewarding too. So balancing your time and working smarter, not harder, is crucial. Otherwise, you end up finding a bit of a sweet spot and sort of you never get off the runway if that makes sense. You know, a guy that I've known for years said to me years ago, starting in real estate is like taking off the run- uh, the runway in a, in a jumbo jet. You'll burn a lot of fuel and then when you finally take off, you'll sort of hit autopilot as such, but you've got to, you've got to stack the foundation and building blocks to get to that point. Otherwise, you're literally just tacking around the one day, you know, burning fuel if, that's, if that makes sense. It's a good way to describe it. Makes sense. So Team Piper, so there's, is there four of you in your direct team? Yeah, there's four of us. So there's myself, Emma, Samantha, and Nicole. That's unreal. So you guys, the four of you, this this FY, you guys looking to crack around that three plus mark for your just GCI, right? Essentially, yeah. So the financial year that we just closed out, we wrote just under 2.8. That was across 100 and, 112 deals that we did uh, for the financial year. That was just that was just my personal team, but yeah, always looking to raise the bar, mate, for sure. Okay, mate. Well, listen, I think we're going to close out. Yeah, I just want to recognise you. I mean, I, as I tell a few people that when they're you know may ask questions about specific businesses in the BA space, I I do refer to your company. I, I think you 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 you've built a very good, sustainable, long term focused business. You've got very high quality agents that I think deliver really good production in terms of the revenue they generate outside of you know, your direct team. And I, I really think you understand this model well. And I, I definitely see your company in the future being one of those brands that when you, you know, on the sell side, when you say, what do you think of? You can think of Ray White, of Place, of LJ Hook or whatever. I think you'll be one of those companies, man, that when um, the buyer's agent space evolves, I think you'll be one of those brands that people refer to. So well done. Awesome, mate. Really appreciate the kind words. And yeah, look, it's, it's a journey, but mate, it's it's extremely fun. And I think you've got to remind yourself to have fun with it more more often than not, right? <laughs> so no, mate, it, it's a ride and appreciate your support very much. You know that. Yeah. Thanks, Daz. Appreciate it. And I guess for people that want to just learn more, where can they visit you? Yeah. So just head to our, just our website and just ask for myself or just call through the office and ask for myself. So universalbuyersagents.com.au. Thanks, Daz.